You're listening to Unveiling the Magic Podcast, where newcomers and seasoned Potterheads are all welcome. Hello and welcome back to Unveiling the Magic. My name is Laura. I'm Joni. And I'm Priscilla. And in this episode, Harry is going to one of my favorite places in the wizarding world, the burrow. Nice and cozy. (laughs) Harry gets a glimpse of everyday life for the Weasley family, and then after a rough time with flu powder, Harry and the kids buy their school supplies in Diagon Alley. We're discussing chapters three and four of Chamber of Secrets. I almost said Sorcerer's Stone. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's going to be hard every single uh, new uh, season. New, Yeah, every new book. Yeah, Yeah, every new book. Okay, so how are we doing? Great. Yeah. I'm doing great. I went to, I know Joni and Laura already know this, but I went to Universal Studios Islands of Adventure yesterday. So I'm super excited coming off of like a magical high from being Wizarding World. It was amazing. Yeah. So I'm excited to talk about all these things today because um, there are some things that I actually saw. Yeah. Yeah, you were there. I was. It was good timing. Yeah, I know. wasn't even planned. Um, when you text us what we recommend, I was like, be sure you go to Nocturne Alley because one, if it's hot, it's really cool in there. It's dark. Like, I think the shop is pretty cool. Yeah. And you're right. It was really hard to see. And so it's probably easy to miss for a lot of people because mm-hmm. even someone that I went, they had gone so many times and they're like, I've never been to the alley. Really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's like... It's like tucked away in the corner almost. Yeah, I think if we hadn't stopped at that restaurant, uh, we ate the leaky cauldron. But mm-hmm. if we hadn't stopped there, I think we may not have noticed it because the line took us outside. So it took us literally right next to the sign that said Nocturne mm-hmm. Alley. So it was yeah. perfect. But yeah, it was really cool in there. We got to go into the shop and um, it was amazing. The whole trip was great. And she had butter beer. I did have butterbeer and it was so good. It was very sweet, like everyone says, but it's worth it. So if anyone's ever debating on whether or not they should get it, 100%. And that foam on top makes it like, I don't know what they put in that foam, but it feels like, I thought it was ice cream. So the (laughs) the first time around, we got regular like non-iced. And then the second time we got like a frozen butterbeer and the frozen one had more of that like foam on top. So it looked like ice cream. Mm-hmm. And we were kind of vlogging a lot of it. So in in this part, I was like, oh, is this ice cream? And then <laughs> then I realized after we recorded that it's in fact just foam. <laughs> but, but it's delicious. It's very, very good. Have you guys tried the both of them? Yes. I've only had the frozen one. Oh, okay. Yeah, I had the regular one because we thought we were getting the frozen. And then I'm like, oh, this is not the one that I thought we were gonna get and david was like oh it probably tastes the same but i do like the frozen one better but i love the warm one which is in the winter okay so that that does exist right (laughs) yeah okay i thought i was going to be able to select a warm one yesterday but i guess it is only in the winter i don't know if um it's always available because i i didn't i never really got butterbeer hence i've only ever had this the frozen one Mm -hmm. Just because it's just too sweet for me, I can't drink it. So it's just it was a waste of money for on my end. Yeah. But I know that sometimes if you go inside, mm-hmm. 
That's the, where the actual leaky cauldron is it leaky cauldron? One of well, them. I got it in. It wasn't even a. It wasn't one of the restaurants. It's, yeah, it's just maybe a it was like Hogshead. drink shop. Might have been. Might have been. Yeah, where you can get like any kind of beverage, including like beer and stuff, because they have taps. Um, yeah, and there you can get the hot beer. one. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it might just be in there. I don't know if it's available during the summer though. Yeah, or I mean, it's technically spring, but it feels like summer. <laughs> yeah, we got lucky with the weather. It was it wasn't like blazing hot. Although I guess it's April technically, but in Florida, it doesn't matter what month it is. It feels like sometimes, but it was yeah. pretty nice. I think for the most part, it was like low eighties, which was is not bad for like I feel like theme park weather. Yeah. But we spent most of our time in both uh, Diagon Alley and the Hogsmeade area of like all of what, eight hours that we were there. I felt yeah. like time goes by so fast. Yeah. yeah. There are so many things that I knew about and I was so excited. I was like, mm-hmm. I know about this. That's so awesome. So, but there were so many things I'm sure I missed because I didn't know yet. So, ah, I'm glad that you went. Yeah. yeah. We'll have to go together. I know. I need to get on that that new ride. That's oh, yes. good. Oh yeah, the Hagrid's. Uh, I forgot what it's called, but it's Hagrid's ride. But it's, like it's Hagrid's motorbike adventure. Yeah, something like that. Because it's literally you're riding his bike and or a sidecar. Mm-hmm. But the best ride in the entire theme park, in my opinion. Yeah, I not can't because wait. I love my boy Hagrid, but. <laughs> I think it's honestly the, best. the simulated rides. I've always been able to ride them fine, but the last time I rode Hogwarts Castle, I didn't get sick, but I felt like if it went any longer, I might have. And yeah. I was just like, Ugh. I don't know. So, but like Hogwarts, um, not Hogwarts, Haggard's motorbike is like a roller coaster. So I know that I'll be fine and have yeah. fun on that one. Yeah, that's actually how um, Yanari, one of the people I went with, she gets really uh, sick from the simulated rides, um, like Spider-Man. Oh, I love that one. Yeah, Simpsons. that one's good. Yeah, Jimmy Fallon was one of them. That one wasn't as bad, but the Harry Potter one, she said, like, wrecked her, even though it was, for yeah. me, it was a good ride, but I could see it because it's so heavy on, like, the simulation. Yeah, it's simulation, yeah. and there's a little bit of, like, uh, a ride feel. Like a... Yeah, a feel to it, like, because you, like, dip and stuff. It's not yeah. just, like, you're in a room and, like, it's, like, moving. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're actually kind of, it's, like, it's just a smaller roller coaster and it makes it feel longer with the simulation. Yeah. So that combo gets people so sick. Yeah. yeah. Did she have, like, medicine or anything or she just... Yeah, she had, uh, like, Dramamine, I think, or something. <laughs> yeah. To help her out. But the, the thing with Hagrid's ride, it's actually pretty lengthy, which is good because you know how some rides, you like them, but they're like so short, so you can't even yeah. enjoy them as much. This one's actually pretty long compared to the other ones. But A little tip for people, if you're going to Universal and you do get like motion sick, you can still go through the line and see all of like the mm-hmm. details of Hogwarts Castle. There's like a tour or something that you can do, or you can literally just ask them if you can like just walk through the line. And you can just, you can walk through, but you don't have to ride the ride and get so sick. So you can, like, everything. go inside Hogwarts Castle and stuff. Oh, nice. Because there I is so much to look at. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's so many things that I think when I went with you guys, what was it? Like, I don't know, 10 years ago, was it? Maybe mm-hmm. less? I don't remember. But it was, like, 
I saw it, but I didn't know what I was seeing, you know? Yeah. So yeah. now that I, it, so there's just so much, so many, so many details that they put into that. So I loved it. I can't wait to go again. I told Phil, I was like, I want to go back. I know. That is how I feel every time. Yeah. <laughs> if I was living in Florida, I would definitely have passes so I could just go when I want to. Yeah. Seriously, I'm yeah. considering it. And when you have passes, you can kind of just – you don't have to feel like you have to spend a whole day there to get your money's worth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true. Oh, when I took the um, the Hogwarts Express. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> from, we took it from the Universal side to Islands of Adventure. Yeah. Um, that was the longest wait. That was, I think, like 75 minutes Wow. Yeah. Um, in line to get on the train. Um, but it was really cool, like, how they made it seem like – that it was actually the Hogwarts Express, but it was really cool. But yeah, we took that too, and that's quite the experience. It's really cool. Yeah. Well, it is different when you go from Hogwarts to the... Um... Oh, is it? Yeah, it's different both ways. So mm. next time you go, try and go the other way oh, yeah. just to see it. It's like the experience of what happens while you're inside? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. I forgot what happens when you... I know. I know what happens when you go to Hogwarts. So there are some things Yeah, that, that was something that I probably didn't know what they were talking about. Yeah. That one you'll understand next book. Oh, okay. But it was really cool. It was cute. It was cool. I had a lot of fun. And now we're here ready to talk about this book. Yeah. yeah. How are you guys doing now that I took up <laughs> all of the time? Uh, I'm ready to go home. Yes. I'm sure. How long has it been now? Like three, three weeks? Yeah. We are literally here the entire month because we got here on the first and we leave on the 30th but i just i miss my bed i miss my space yeah yeah so i'm just like at that point of the trip where i'm like yeah i'm so happy that i got to see people and got to be here for as long as i have but i'm ready my house (laughs) yeah i cannot completely understand that 100 percent. yeah two days two days yeah (laughs) I'm excited that I get to go to Utah and visit her. Yeah. Yes. Like you can see week. the baby. Who's not a baby anymore. He's not a baby anymore. <laughs> I know. He's talking and walking. Last time I saw him, he was just about to start walking. Like yeah. he was running in your hands. Yeah. I think he started walking the next month after we saw you. Yeah. And now he's starting to do actual sentences. Like, this trip really, like, opened up his talking. I don't know how to word it. But he wasn't talking a lot before. But I think being, like, around other people that weren't just me and Kurt triggered him to actually use his words more, which has been nice. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. How about you, Laura? How are you? Good. I'm just ready to take a week off of work. I mean, Utah, David's never been to Utah, so it'll be his first time. Oh, is David going too? Yeah, Mm -hmm. David's coming. So cross our fingers. All of us are going to, like, my whole family is going to be in one place. Because usually it's either David or Kurt missing. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. For whatever reason. Wait, are your parents going too? Yes. Oh, I didn't realize it was a whole family thing. Yeah, my parents' anniversary is in May, and they technically got married in Utah, so they wanted to do, like, a little vow renewal there. Our entire family hasn't been together since Kurt and I's wedding. 
Wow. Yeah. That's awesome, y'all. I'm excited for you guys. That'll be nice. Yep. That's all. Yeah. Let's get into the book now that we're 15 minutes in. 15 minutes in. Sorry, guys. You guys had to listen to it. It was about Harry up. Potter. Yeah. Kind no, of. it was yeah. good. Yeah. They're like, we don't care. Move on. I'm here for the book. I'm sure Fast everybody was forward. excited about it, though. We were definitely. They're like 30 seconds, 30 seconds. Sometimes <laughs> I do that in my podcast when I'm like, can we not talk about this? <laughs> Let's get to the juicy. But no, it's usually when I have ads. I feel bad, yeah. but I skipped through the ads. I'm just like, no. I know that they put in some work doing those ads, but. Okay, so we left off with Harry <laughs> trapped in his room with no hope of leaving. And he wakes up to his biffle, Ron, outside his window. <laughs> yep. He's like in bed. He's like, Ron, how did you? What the? Harry had walked to the window and pushed the window open to talk to Ron through the bars. Ron was leaning out the window of a turquoise car that was hovering in midair. Fred and George are in the front seats, grinning. What's been going on? Why haven't you answered any of my letters? Asked Ron. When I read this, I was like, I'm glad Ron was, you know, upset or worried about Harry because poor Harry has been over here thinking everyone forgot about him. Yeah. While Ron's like, why are you ignoring me, bro? What the heck? <laughs> So Ron's dad, who works in the Ministry of Magic, came home the other night and said Harry received an official warning from the ministry. And so Ron's like, what have you been doing? You know we're not supposed to do magic outside of school. And Harry says he didn't actually do magic, but it was just too much to explain. Harry tells Ron to tell them at Hogwarts that he's locked up and can't leave the Dursleys. And Ron says, stop gibbering. We've come to take you home with us. Harry oh. is a little apprehensive. They can't really afford to do any more magic, but there's no need to do any magic with the Weasley twins around. They tied a rope around the bars of Harry's window, and the flying car pulled the bars off, and Harry listens. No noise from the Dursleys yet. Harry still needed to get all his Hogwarts stuff, which were locked up downstairs. Again, leave it to the twins. And they just grab, like, a hairpin, I think, and unlock all the, like, Harry's door, and they pick the cupboard door. Um, and I wrote that. Fred and George pick the lock into uh, to Harry's bedroom door, then quietly headed downstairs. Harry grabbed all his things from his room and passed them through the window to Ron. Then Harry helped the twins heave his truck up the stairs. Trunk. I think I said truck. Then Harry helped the twins heave his trunk up the stairs and tr struggled to push it into the car. You struggling? Harry. I am I struggling? I feel like I'm struggling. Did you bit. read your notes before? Hmm. Is it? I I I read through them once. So oh, I read God. through them. It's like been a week. Reading out loud, just so that that's if it true, sounds that's weird to oh, me. Oh, that's a that's better. a good idea, Joni. I've never actually done that. I never read my notes. I literally, I'm finished with them, and then I'm like, cool, I'll read them when I'm reading them in front of you guys. But I probably Ooh. should start. Okay. Then Harry helped the twins heave his trunk up the stairs and struggled to push it into the car. Harry pauses to listen. All Harry heard from the Dursleys was Vernon cough. So now, all of Harry's things and the twins are in the car. Harry just needed to jump in. But there's a loud screech. From Hedwig, who's like, hello, I'm still here. 
So when they're using the car, is it not being flagged as magic? I think what it is is that the spell on it was what would be flagged as magic. And oh, and that was already done over at the Weasley's. Yeah, Mr. Weasley okay. already did that spell. Gotcha. Okay. So he goes, I've forgotten Hedwig. Harry to- tore back across the room as the landing light clicked on. He snatched up Hedwig's cage, dashed to the window, and passed it to Ron. Oof. He was scrambling back onto the chest of drawers when Uncle Vernon hammered on the unlocked door, and it crashed open. For a split second, Uncle Vernon stood framed in the doorway. Then he let out a bellow like an angry bull and dived at Harry, grabbing him by the ankle. Ron, Fred, and George seized Harry's arms and pulled as hard as they could. Petunia, roared Uncle Vernon. He's getting away. He's getting away. But the Weasleys gave a gigantic tug and Harry's legs slid out from Uncle Vernon's grasp. Harry was in the car. He slammed the door shut. Put your foot down, Fred, yelled Ron, and the car shot suddenly toward the moon. Oh my gosh. Exciting stuff. So, did they want, like, what did they, I guess no one really, really knows what the Dursleys expected to do. They just expect him to just be their prisoner? Or, like, <laughs> what did they expect from Harry? It's like, he's getting away. Like, what do you mean? Isn't that good for them? Well, I feel like that's good for them. Like, they don't have to worry about him. Yeah. You would think they'd be fine with just, like, not having to deal with him anymore. Or the owl. But they were... I guess they were just so mad about what happened with the Masons that they were like, okay, we're not letting anyone win in this situation. So Harry is not going to go to Hogwarts and all the Hogwarts people aren't going to get Harry. And so he's just going to be stayed locked up in the room for, I don't know, forever. I don't know what they were planning (laughs) on doing, but they're crazy. Yes, they are. Harry was free. See you next summer, yelled Harry out the window. So as they fly back to Ron's house, Harry fills Ron and the twins in with what happened with the house elf named Dobby. After Harry finished the story, Fred says that since house elves can't really do anything without permission, he thinks that Dobby was sent from someone playing a joke on Harry. Harry and Ron could only think of one person who would do that. Draco Malfoy. Mm. Draco fits the description. Someone who wants to, who would like to trick Harry, and whose family could afford a house elf. This conversation also brings up Draco's father, Lucius, who was known to be a follower of you know who. Dun dun dun. Bad stuff. Super suspicious. During the car ride, we also learn about Ron's dad. He was the one who bewitched the muggle car so that it could fly. Mr. Weasley also works for the Ministry of Magic in the Department of Misuse of Muggle Artifacts and Artifacts Office. So it's ironic that he has an enchanted car that he did himself. But no one knows that Ron and the twins took the car tonight. When they landed the car at the burrow, the plan was to sneak in and quote-unquote wake up for breakfast and just be like, Harry just turned up during the night, which I don't know what mother would believe that story. (laughs) But I was like, okay. So at this point, it's like sure. it's like basically morning time, right? Yeah, they're getting probably. I was just picturing them getting there like at at dawn, like the sun's about is raising, yeah, um, rising. 
Well, my mom would definitely not believe me because I never wake up before 10 a.m. So <laughs> if I don't have to go to work at the crack of dawn or anything, so <laughs> she'd be like, you're lying. Mm-hmm. Why are you awake this early? Yeah. But just as Ron says this, you know, the plan, he looks up and sees the saber-toothed tiger Molly Weasley marching toward them. Oh. That's how they describe her. Beds empty, no note, car gone, could have crashed, out of my mind with worry, did you care? Never, as long as I've lived, wait till your father gets home. We never had the trouble like this from Bill or Charlie or Percy. Perfect Percy, muttered Fred. Fred, you could do with taking a leaf out of Percy's book, yelled Mrs. Weasley, prodding her finger in Fred's chest. You could have died. You could have been seen. You could have lost your father his job. After the little lecture from Molly, which Harry describes as it could have gone on for hours, they all walk into the house to have breakfast. This is the first time Harry has been in a wizard family home, and he can't believe his eyes. There were so many magical items, and the place felt cramped but homey. They ate their breakfast while Mrs. Weasley mumbled and lectured them, except for Harry, dear. And Ginny, Ron's little sister, even came down for 0.2 seconds, then squealed and ran back to her room. She has a little crush on Harry. (laughs) She really does. Yes. You know, that I can't be in the same room with my crush. Crush. Yeah, it's cute. It's a little annoying, but it's cute. (laughs) (laughs) Sissy was like that. Uh, Yeah, I didn't squeal and run away. I was just silent. (laughs) Inner panic. Oh, yeah. Inner panic was definitely there, which is why I was silent. (laughs) (laughs) The crew was a little tired from their late night adventure, but Molly was not going to let them sleep. She assigned them to denome the garden, but not Harry. He doesn't have to. Harry, dear. (laughs) Not Harry, dear. But Harry wasn't tired anymore and wanted to experience this wizarding chore. This is where we first hear about the author Gilderoy Lockhart. As Miss Weasley pulls out a book to reference the best way of denoming a garden. But the boys pretty much say, we know what we're doing. So Harry thinks that gnomes are the fat Santa-looking garden gnomes that muggles have in their yards. And Ron is like, yeah, no. (laughs) They show him a small leathery, leathery gnome with a large knobby bald head, pretty much like a potato. Do you have a picture of the gnome in the book? I actually haven't looked into chamber. Just curious. Mm, Here's one. Let's see if there's another one. There should be in. (gasps) Yeah. Oh, Oh, yeah. There's a lot. So that's the chapter art. Can you see it? No. Put it like. Oh, yeah. Those are definitely. (laughs) Look, they do look like a potato. They do look like potatoes with the spuds sprout or whatever the fuck. But this is pretty. Oh, that is pretty. <laughs> Those are definitely different than the ones that uh, we're used to seeing. Yeah. Then Ron spins it and throws the little gnome across the hedge toward the fields. Ron says it doesn't hurt them, just makes them really dizzy so they can't find their way back. Unfortunately, the gnomes really love the Weasleys' garden, so they eventually find their way back. The boys finish up the chore just as Mr. Weasley comes home from work. Dad's home. All right. So Mr. Weasley's home. They hurried through the garden and back into the house. Mr. Weasley was slumped in a kitchen chair, 
glasses off and eyes closed. He was a thin man, going bald, but the little hair he did have was as red as any of his children's. He was wearing long green robe, dusty and travel worn. I just like picture this someone super tired from a long day, just like yeah. trying to decompress. Poor guy. What a night, he mumbled while groping for the teapot as they all sat down around him. Nine raids. Fred eagerly asked, did you find anything, Dad? Just a few shrinking door keys, which he explains were used for muggle baiting. Muggles would buy these keys and they would slowly shrink so they're convinced they keep losing them. Mm -hmm. He says muggles would go to any lengths to ignore magic, even if it's right in front of them. I would be so irritated if my keys (laughs) kept shrinking. Yeah. And then you just think it's a different key, even though this whole time. Is it like something that they would do to like laugh at muggles or? Yeah. Yeah. So you kind of get. prank them. Yeah. Yeah. You also kind of get this kind of attitude, particularly, particularly in my section, where some wizards find themselves superior to muggles. So there's that complex there. Oh, okay. So it's like they do it for fun. Yeah. It's kinda, yeah. It's kind of mean. Because I feel like I definitely would think I'm just losing my key. But I'm imagining myself like if I had a key and then I put it in the same place every day. I don't know. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. But then and the whole point is like who would you go to to tell that? Like yeah. even going to Phil, you Phil would be like, what do you mean your key is shrinking? Yeah. That's mm-hmm. true. But the things our lot have taken for enchanting, you wouldn't believe. Like cars, for instance. Cars, Molly, dear? Dun, dun, dun. He's in trouble. (laughs) Yes, Arthur, cars, said Mrs. Weasley, her eyes flashing. Imagine a wizard buying a rusty old car and telling his wife all he wanted to do with it was take it apart to see how it worked, while really he was enchanting it to make it fly. Mr. Weasley blinked. Well, dear, I think you'll find that he would be quite within law to do that, even if er, he maybe would have done better to um, tell his wife the truth. There's a loophole in the law, you'll find, as long as he wasn't intending to fly the car. The fact that the car could fly, I guess, wouldn't <laughs> um, break the law. Nice loophole. I know. And Mrs. Weezy was basically like, you literally created the law with the loophole in it. Okay, I'll just read this part. Arthur Weasley... You made sure there was a loophole when you wrote the law, shouted Mrs. Weasley, just so you could carry on tinkering with all that muggle muggle rubbish in your shed. And for your information, Harry arrived this morning in the car you weren't intending to fly. Harry, said Mr. Weasley. (laughs) He looked around, saw Harry, and jumped. Good Lord, is it Harry Potter? Very pleased to meet you. Ron told us so much about you. Your sons flew that car to Harry's house and back last night, shouted Mrs. Weasley. Mr. Weasley was very excited, I think, to hear this. Um, yeah. And then he kind of realized he shouldn't be excited. He was kind of like, really? Did you? So how did it drive? How did it fly? Yeah. Um, and then he kind of noticed that he should probably back off. And <laughs> they started going back and forth. And Ron decided it was time to go and show Harry his room. They made it to the third landing where a door stood ajar and Harry caught a sight of a pair of brown eyes staring at him before it closed. Ginny, said Ron. You don't know how weird it is for her to be this shy. She never shuts up normally. There goes Ginny with her little crush. Little Ginny. They climbed two more flights until they reached a door with a small plaque that read Ronald's room. Harry stepped in. 
his head almost touching the ceiling, and felt as though he was walking into a furnace. The entire room was a violet shade of orange, and Ron had managed to cover almost all the walls with posters of his favorite Quidditch team, the Chudley Cannons. Harry looked around the room, noticing more things like Ron's comics and school spell books. He looked out the window and noticed the gang of gnomes sneaking back through the Wesley's hedge. Then he turned back to Ron, who was watching him almost nervously as though waiting for his opinion. It's a bit small, not like the room you had with the muggles, and I'm right underneath the goal in the attic. Harry smiled and says, this is the best house I've ever been in. And Ron's ears went pink. I think that was like the sweetest thing ever. I know. I love that moment. It's such a cute moment. I wish you guys could see my notes because I put, stop it. This is too much for me to handle. So sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because I mean, I I remember growing up and I always thought my house was like really small compared to my friends. And I shared a room with my sister and my grandmother. So I was just like, I can imagine like Ron being like, like, what do you think? Like, this is this is where I live. This is my room. And yeah. Ron, or not Ron, but Harry being like, this is just the best place ever. Yeah. You and know? I feel like at that age, you really just like, you want to impress your friends mm-hmm. somewhat. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the moment Harry walked in, he was impressed. It was all so yeah. different for him. It's like, you can feel the love. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. I yeah. Was like, There's just a lot of love in that home. So life at the borough was as different as possible from life on Privet Drive. Things like talking mirrors and the clanking goal upstairs were perfectly normal. The Dursleys liked everything neat and ordered, and the Weasleys' house burst with the strange and unexpected. But the most unusual thing for Harry was that everyone there seemed to like him. Mrs. Weasley made sure Harry was taken care of with things like four helpings at every meal, Which Mm, is a lot. That's a lot. (laughs) That is a lot. (laughs) And Mr. Weasley liked for Harry to sit next to him at the dinner table so they could discuss all things muggles. Ingenious, really, how many ways muggles have found of getting along without magic. I love how Arthur is so interested in knowing about the muggles. Yes. I love Arthur. It's like Arthur is to the muggle world as we are to the wizarding world yeah that's true yes that's a good way of putting it harry heard from hogwarts one sunny morning about a week after he had arrived at the borough he and ron went down for breakfast one morning to find mrs weasley and jenny already at the kitchen table which caused jenny to accidentally knock her porridge bowl over (laughs) things like this seem to happen a lot whenever harry entered the room Which is interesting. This is when I'm like, all right, girl, get it together. Get it together. <laughs> it's probably what she's, she's probably like too. that. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, that's what's going yeah, on. She's in her probably mind. like, <laughs> Dumbledore already knew Harry was with the Weasleys. Harry's letter read that he should be at King's Cross on September 1st. There was also a list of the new books he'd need for the coming year. Um, I'm not going to read all the books, but it looks like there's one, two, three, four, <laughs> five, six, seven. There were eight books on the list, and seven of those were by Gilderoy Lockhart. Gilderoy Lockhart. Yeah. Fred glanced over at Harry's list and noticed Harry was told to get all the Lockhart's books, too. The defense against the dark arts teacher must be a fan. Bet it's a witch, he said. <laughs> That lot won't come cheap, said George with a quick look at his parents. Lockhart's books are really expensive. Well, we will manage, said Mrs. Weasley, but she looked worried. 
I expect we'll be able to pick up a lot of Janice things secondhand. Oh, are you starting at Hogwarts this year? Harry asked Ginny. She Don't spoke to, to him. <laughs> I mean, he spoke to her. <laughs> She's like, I know. Oh. She's like, what am I get? She nodded, <laughs> blushing to the roots of her hair and put her elbow <laughs> put her elbow in the butter dish. Fortunately, no one saw this except for Harry. Because just then, Ron's elder brother, Percy, walked in. Perfect Percy. He was already Mm. dressed, his Hogwarts prefect badge pinned in his sweater vest. Morning, all, said Percy. Lovely day, isn't it? Listen, like, Percy's, I imagine him coming down the stairs and being, like, this, like, perfect. Everyone's in pajamas. He's already dressed. He's already, like, ready to take on the day. (laughs) He sat down in the only available chair but leapt up immediately pulling from underneath him what looked like a molten gray feather duster to Harry. It was actually Errol with a letter from Hermione. I'm going to read her letter. Dear Ron and Harry, if you're there, I hope everything went all right and that Harry is okay and that you didn't do anything illegal to get him out, Ron, (laughs) because that would get Harry into trouble too. I've been really worried and if Harry is all right, will you please let me know at once? But perhaps it would be better if you used a different owl because I think another delivery might finish your one off. Oh. <laughs> I'm very busy with schoolwork, of course. How can she be? Said Ron in horror. We're on vacation and we're going to London next Wednesday to buy my new books. Why don't we meet in Diagon Alley? Let me know what's happening as soon as you can. Love from Hermione. Hmm. Well, that fits in nicely. We can go and get all your things then, too, said Mrs. Weasley. What are you all up to today? Harry, Ron, Fred, and George planned to go up the hill to a small paddock the Weasleys owned. It was surrounded by trees that blocked the view, meaning they could practice Quidditch as long as they didn't fly too high. They asked Percy if he wanted to join, but he said he was too busy. Harry had only seen Percy at mealtime so far. Otherwise, he stayed shut in his room. Fred said Percy was not himself lately not gloating about the 12 owls he received. What does that stand for? O-W-L-S? Ordinary wizardry levels? Wizarding. Wizarding. Oh, ordinary wizarding levels. <laughs> <laughs> and basically, they talk about the two brothers that also got the same amount and how they were, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but they were both head boys as well. So, uh, I like that. I don't know if Charlie was yes. head boy. I know he was the captain of Quidditch. I guess I was a little confused in this part because he said, ordinary wizarding levels, George explained, seeing Harry's puzzled look, Bill got 12 too. If we're not careful, we'll have another head boy in the family. Okay, so maybe not Charlie. Okay, so maybe just Bill. Yeah. Bill was the oldest Weasley brother. He and the next brother, Charlie, had already left Hogwarts, so Harry had never met them. So this is where we find out um charlie was in romania well we already knew charlie's in romania studying dragons and bill is in mm-hmm. egypt working for the wizards bank gringotts okay yeah. that's what i had read about. i knew i read something about bill don't know how mom and dad are gonna afford all of our school stuff this year five sets of lockhart books and jenny needs robes and wands and everything said george harry said nothing and he felt a bit awkward stored in an underground vault at gringotts in london was a small fortune that his parents had left him so i guess he's kind of like I don't know what to say, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. At this point. Mrs. Weasley woke them up the following Wednesday. After quick half a dozen bacon sandwiches each. Dang. If I read this correctly, that means they all ate like six bacon sandwiches, each of them. 
I'm guessing they're like small. Yeah. Yeah, like the little triangles maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'll yeah, that's what we'll go with. They pulled on their coats and Mrs. Weasley took a flower pot off the kitchen mantelpiece and looked inside. We're running low, Arthur. We'll have to buy some more today. Well, guess first. After you, Harry, dear. She offered him the flower pot and Harry looked at her very confused and then noticed everyone else was looking at him and he didn't know what to do. Ron then remembered Harry had never traveled by flu powder. Apparently, flu powder is a quick form of transportation, quicker than how Harry got to Diagon Alley last time with Hagrid. Mm -hmm. Fred demonstrated how to use it. He took a pinch of glittering powder out of the flower pot, stepped up to the fire, and threw the powder into the flames. With a roar, the fire turned emerald green and rose higher than Fred, who stepped right into it, shouted, Diagon Alley, and vanished. <laughs> and vanished. Not vanished. <laughs> you must speak clearly, dear, not like how Priscilla is speaking right now. <laughs> Mrs. Right. Weasley told How Harry. We all are. <laughs> what is wrong with us? I don't know. Hopefully, Joni does much better. I don't think so. <laughs> and be sure to get out at the right rate. The right what? Said Harry. Ner the right what? Said Harry nervously as the fire roared and whipped George out of sight too. Well, there are an awful lot of wizard fires to choose from, you know. But as long as you've spoken clearly. He'll be fine, Molly. Don't fuss, said Mr. Weasley, helping him, helping himself to flu powder, too. But, dear, if he got lost, how would we ever explain to his aunt and uncle? They wouldn't mind, Harry reassured her. Dudley would mm -hmm. think it was a brilliant joke if I got lost up a chimney. Well, all right. You go after Arthur, said Mrs. Weasley. Now, when you get into the fire, say where you're going. And keep your elbows tucked in, Ron advised. And your eyes shut, said Mrs. Weasley. The suit. Don't fidget, said Ron, or you might well you might well fall out of the wrong fireplace. I'd be like, okay, there's too much information being thrown at me right now. Don't, yeah. But don't panic and get out too early either. Wait until you see Fred and George. Trying to bear all this in mind, Harry took a pinch of flu powder and walked to the edge of the fire. He took a deep breath, scattered the powder into the flames, and stepped forward. The fire felt like a warm breeze. He opened his mouth and immediately swallowed a lot of hot ash the diagon oh, alley he coughed <laughs> poor kid oh boy it felt as though he were being sucked down a giant drain he was spinning very fast and the roaring in his ears was deafening he tried to keep his eyes open but the whirl of green flames made him feel sick he held his bacon sandwiches all six of them turning inside him <sighs> he closed his eyes again wishing it would stop and then he fell face forward onto cold stone and felt the bridge of his glasses snap. Dun, dun, dun. Where uh -oh. is he? Let us know, Joni. Where is he at? Okay. Dizzy and bruised, Harry pulls himself up and finds himself in a wizard shop that did not sell anything that he would find his Hogwarts. Oh, no. <laughs> what? I'm not. Doing it right. I don't know. Oh, my God. It's my contagious. <laughs> it did I sound thought... like something happened. Yeah, I was like, I thought you were about to tell me your whole recording wasn't recording or something. <laughs> no. Laura's like, please, we're so close to being done. Let's just get it over with. <laughs> okay. Dizzy and bruised, Harry pulls himself up 
himself up and mm-hmm. finds himself in a wizard shop that did not sell anything that he would find on his Hogwarts supply list. From first glance, Harry saw a withered, a withered hand on a cushion, an evil-looking mask, and human bones on a counter. Oh. Yeah, nice, right? Mm. That's definitely not on his list. <laughs> Even the alleyway Harry saw through the store's dusty windows looked suspicious. So Harry knew immediately that he needed to get out of there ASAP. He tried to quickly and quietly make his way towards the door, but before he made it, he saw two people making their way into the store. And one of those people was the last person he wanted to see. Draco Malfoy. Of course. (laughs) Harry swiftly ran into a black cabinet, leaving a small crack before Draco walked into the store. Draco entered the shop, and the man following him could only be assumed to be his father. They shared the same pointed face and gray eyes. Harry watched from his cabinet and saw Draco's father warn Draco to touch nothing. Let's let's hope I remember what I told myself to read a week ago. (laughs) I know, Joni Joni again did the the notes right away. Yeah, well, I need need to find time. (laughs) <laughs> also there was also a possibility that we might record that week so i was just like oh i should probably get that oh done. yeah yeah that's true there was a possibility malfoy who had reached for the glass eye said i thought you were going to buy me a present i said i would buy you a racing broom said his father drumming his fingers on the counter what's the good of that if i'm not on the house team said malfoy looking sulky and bad-tempered Harry Potter got a Nimbus 2000 last year, special permission from Dumbledore, so he could play for Gryffindor. He's not even that good. It's just because he's <laughs> famous. Famous for having a stupid scar on his forehead. Someone's jelly. Oh, just a little. Malfoy bent down to examine a shelf full of skulls. Everybody thinks he's so smart and wonderful Potter with his scar and his broomstick. You have told me this at least a dozen times already, said Mr. Malfoy, with a quelling look at his son. I would remind you that it is not prudent to appear less than fond of Harry Potter, not when most of our kind regard him as the hero who made the Dark Lord disappear. Ah, Mr. Borgen. A man was now at the counter. He greeted the two and began and began to show them some new items, but Mr. Malfoy stopped him stating that he was not buying but selling. He explained that due to the ministry conducting more raids, he would not want to be caught with some items. Borgen was surprised that the ministry would even bother Mr. Malfoy, but Lucius assured him that he had yet to be raided, but due to the new Muggle Protection Act that no doubt was brought on by the Muggle-loving Arthur Weasley, the ministry would be- mm. had become more meddlesome. Harry felt himself get hot with anger at the mention of Arthur. Draco interrupted the men's conversation, pointing out a random object. Mr. Malfoy scolded him by bringing up his unsatisfactory grades, and Draco blamed the fact that the teachers all favored Hermione. (sighs) Mr. Malfoy then states that Draco should be embarrassed that someone with no wizard family got better grades than him. Disgusted, Mr. Borgen complains that wizard's blood is counting for less every day. Mr. Malfoy quickly responds, 
not for me. Mm. The men return to Mr. Malfoy's list. They proceed to haggle, and eventually they finish, and Draco and his father leave the shop. Once Borgen disappeared in the storeroom, Harry scurried out of the shop, clutching his broken glasses to his face. Harry was making his way through the dingy, creepy alleyway with even creepier shops when he was stopped by a witch holding a tray with fingernails on it, asking if he was lost. So gross. A tray with fingernails? Yeah, just, you know, just casual fingernails. Ew. (laughs) I wonder, like, where she got them from or where they got them from. Like, are there her own? She just, like, growing her nasty Or did she, like, take it off of... I actually, Someone. I, I have a theory, but I will have to mention it later. Okay. Why? Like, how later? Like, Christmas time in this book later. Oh, okay. Okay, it's this Got book it. at least. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> wow. In the midst of denying help, Harry is interrupted. Harry, what do you think you're doing down here? Harry's oh, heart leapt with relief when he saw Hagrid. Hagrid. He explained the flu pro- the flu powder fiasco while Hagrid steered Harry out of what Hagrid explained was Nocturne Alley. Nocturne Alley. Hey, I went to Nocturne Alley yesterday, guys. Yeah, you got the full full, full picture experience. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Hagrid explains the reason explained that the reason that he was there was to get flesh eating slug repellent. And Harry explains why he never replied to Hagrid's letters and how his summer went with the Dursleys. They made their way back to Diagon Alley and ran into Hermione, and soon they saw the Weasleys running over to them. Mr. Weasley fixed Harry's glasses, and Harry explained that he landed in Nocturne Alley. Fred, George, and Ron were promptly jealous, stating that their parents never let them go there. And for Mm. good reason. They don't need fingernails. (laughs) No. <laughs> uh, Harry tells Mr. Weasley about Mr. Malfoy, and Arthur was excited to hear that Lucius Malfoy was scared of what the ministry would find in his house. But Arthur so does there get seems, to... Sh- sorry, there seems to be some sort of bad blood there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They both and don't I, like I don't other. know where it's come from. Maybe Johnny can correct me. Like, maybe the movies kind of allude to it. But for the longest time, I thought Lucius worked for the ministry as well, just like in a better department. But he doesn't. No. He's he just, just knows a lot of people. Yeah. He's just there a lot and he funds a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, he just has money. And then he looks down on Arthur, which is explained in this section because Arthur loves muggles and yeah, Lucius doesn't. And I guess, yeah, because they, well, I guess you talk about it, but he kind of like looks down on him for not having money. You know, they kind of. Yeah. yeah. See where Draco gets it from, you know? Yes, I was just going to say, that's where his son gets it from. Mm -hmm. Arthur then gets distracted the moment that he sees Hermione's parents. But you're muggles. (laughs) The entire entire group proceeds to go to Gringotts to get the money they needed for their day of shopping. Hermione and her parents go go in a different direction to exchange muggle money into wizard's money. And Harry and the Weasleys go on to the roller coaster ride to the vaults. Harry feels awful when he witnesses the small amount of silver sickles and single and a single galleon in the Weasley vault. And then right after, he tries to basically cover up his piles of galleons in his vault. Yeah. 
But once out of Gringotts, the group splits up and they all decide that they will go ahead and meet back at Flourish and Blotts in an hour to buy their books. So then Harry, Ron, and Hermione kind of do their own little shopping and then an hour later make their way to Flourish and Blotts. It was incredibly crowded due to a signing happening with none other than Gilderoy Lockhart. Of course. We get to meet him, squeals Hermione. He nearly wrote the entire book list. Yeah, he did. Literally, like seven out of the eight books. <laughs> they squeeze their way, seeing the long line taking up most of the shop. Mrs. Weasley takes them to the front end of the line where her and Jenny were. A man with a camera shoves his, pa- his way past the group, stating that he needs pictures for the Daily Prophet. Who cares, complains Ron, and Gilderoy hears. He looks over to the group and spots Harry. It can't be Harry Potter. Gilderoy excitedly pulls Harry out of the crowd and tells him to smile for pictures. We will make the front page together. Gilderoy- Shake him ahead. Yeah. Gilderoy takes this opportunity to announce to the room and to the Daily Prophet that not only was his books part of the Hogwarts curriculum this year, but Gilderoy himself will be the new defense against the dark arts teacher. He then gives Harry an entire free set of books and smiles for more pictures. Harry makes his way back to the group. They leave Mrs. Weasley to get their book signed and gives his free books to Ginny, stating he will buy his own set. Aw, wasn't job, that Harry. sweet? Yeah. Yes. Bet you like that, famous Harry Potter, sneered Draco behind him. Leave him alone, Ginny defense. Got yourself a girlfriend, Potter. The kids begin to, to angrily bant when Mr. Weasley finds them and suggests that they get out of the crowded shop. But they were stopped by the silky voice of Lucius Malfoy. Lucius. Oh, well, boy. Good job, Dent and Jenny, for, like, speaking up and defending him. Yeah, she's not talking even, to Harry. You've been knocking over porridge all summer. <laughs> or the last few weeks. <laughs> Putting your elbow inside the butter. <laughs> so, basically, Gildor Lockhart made his entire, like, syllabus from his books. <laughs> from his books. Yeah. Oh, God. Yes. That's, he's, you know, he's very, seems to be very humble. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, well, well. Arthur Weasley. It was Mr. Malfoy. He stood with his hand on Draco's shoulder, sneering in just the same way. Busy time at the ministry, I hear, said Mr. Malfoy. All those raids. I hope they're paying you overtime. He reached into Ginny's cauldron and extracted from amidst the glossy Lockhart books a very old, battered copy of A Beginner's Guide to Transfiguration. Obviously not, he said. Dear me, What's the use of being a disgrace to the name of wizard when they don't even pay you well for it? Mr. Weasley flushed darker than either Ron or Jenny. We have a very different idea of what disgraces the name of wizard, Malfoy, he said. Clearly, said Mr. Malfoy, his pale eyes straying to Mr. and Mrs. Granger, who are watching apprehensively. The company you keep, Weasley. I thought your family couldn't sink no lower. Get out of here. I know. Goodness. So clearly, you see Lucius's stands on uh, muggles. <laughs> yeah. There's a thud of Ginny's cauldron flying through the air. Mr. Weasley flung himself at Lucius. 
The men proceeded to fight each other while Fred and George chanted, Get him, Dad! (laughs) The store staff panicked, trying to get the men to stop, but Hagrid came in and pulled the men off each other. The group leave the store at the request of the shop owner, and Mrs. Weasley scolds her husband. Great example to set for your children. What would Gildory think of this? (laughs) Fred assures her that Gildory loved it. He had requested that it be worked in to the Daily Prophet article. My gosh. They all say goodbye to the Grangers and make their way to the Leaky Cauldron to flew home. All right. Can we just like think about the Grangers in this moment? Like they're (laughs) two muggles (laughs) that are pretty much put into a position with like or in in a place rather with like all of these wizards and witches. I don't know. I feel I feel for them in this moment. Yeah. They're probably yeah. so freaked out. Could you imagine like Hermione's probably talking everyone up and being like, they'll make you feel at home. Everything will be fine. You'll be safe. And then <laughs> a fight breaks out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord. So I didn't really come up with too many questions. But we did talk about where, I mean, we didn't talk about Dobby in these two episodes, but last episode, we talked about where he possibly could come from. And then in Fred, in my section, he actually's like, yeah, like it definitely sounds like someone's playing a trick on you. Yeah. Do you think still at this point, I don't know, do you, have your thoughts changed about Dobby coming from now that you see, I don't know. Um, I can see how you can... Or how they would, was it Fred and George that, or all of them kind of assumed that it's something that would come from Draco. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. But I don't know. There's just something about that that made it seem more like he knew something because just the way he was talking, you know, like, oh, mm-hmm. that he has to punish himself. I feel like that's not stuff. If you were playing a trick on someone, you would actually say, but I don't know. I still think it was, he knows something. Obviously, he can't tell Harry something's going to happen. I don't know. I don't think it's a trick, though. Yeah, I can get that. What are your thoughts on this Gilderoy Gilderoy Lockhart dude? Well, I've already, like, as far as, like, I've read, um, Mm -hmm. because I'm on, like, chapter seven, and I kind of stopped there because I want to kind of catch up during the podcast, but he seems, like, a little bit, well, I I mentioned that, but he seems, like, kind of, like, a jerk, like, kind of, like, (laughs) I don't know kind of like big-headed and obviously all about himself and i don't know how he would do as a as a professor yeah honestly yeah i'm not sure i mean i don't have to to see that yeah to see the defense against dark arts lessons yeah i wonder how he's gonna do i'm looking forward to finding out but i don't know how i feel about him yet it's not the best feeling yeah let's say that much i guess definitely not the way he like grabs Harry and pulls him to the front of the line and like gives him free books and like yeah. pretty much just thinks like anything with Harry Potter is just going to elevate him already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like he's thinking about himself. So that can't be good when it comes to the interactions he, like in school. Yeah. At Hogwarts. That that's my thought. That's true. What are your thoughts on all the Weasleys? Because I feel like we get to know them a little bit better. I really like Arthur. I really like how he's kind of quirky. And mm-hmm. I I hope we kind of get more of him. I don't know if we will in this book or later on in the series. But I like him. And I feel like him and his wife kind of 
make like the perfect couple. It's kind of like she's more, I guess you can say strict and he's a little less and he kind of lets that side show because he literally enchants things too <laughs> that she obviously would not agree with. Um, but it's kind of like yeah. two sides of, of the Weasleys, but I think that they kind of have they're a good how do, balance. I, how do I a good balance but i feel like when it comes to their home they've figured it all out like it's chaos mm-hmm. it seems like but it's like chaos that they've kind of organized chaos yeah exactly so i feel like it takes like two very strong people to like raise these kids and raise them in chaos but somehow it's organized you know Mm-hmm. yeah so i think that's really cool to be able to like to see the inside of the weasleys and where they live and how they're raised and how they still make ends meet even when they have all these kids in the same school and have to pay for all of it i think that's commendable you know mm-hmm. yeah what oh i'm just like they're just a happy loving family yeah yes. i like the weasleys um who is each of our favorite weasley now that we kind of we still haven't met bill or charlie officially but uh, I mean, I still have to stick with my boy Ron, um, <laughs> but I haven't really like, like Fred and George, they make me laugh, but they're also a little bit reckless. So I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, Ron's kind of a good yeah. in between for me. I feel like he's not perfect like Percy, but he's not as reckless as Fred and George. And maybe because we have so many more interactions, but I think he's like the perfect in between for me. Yeah, that's true. I love me some Fred and George. They're, yes. They're like some of my favorite characters to read throughout the series. Um, And you don't, I mean, you don't get like a whole lot from them, but I always like their interactions. Yeah. I feel like what they add is just always valuable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. Do we do and we see more of Jenny in this book? Yeah. I mean, she's yeah, going to school book. with them. and. Yeah, she is in a different grade, so, like, from this book on, you'll still see her, but yeah. And I just have to commend Ginny for being the youngest, first of all, and the only girl. Oh, that is true. How many brothers? One, two, three, five? Two, four. Yeah, Yeah, five. Five older brothers. Wait, no. No. Six. Six. I forgot about... (laughs) Guess who I forgot about? Percy. Forgot about Percy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I counted the two that weren't there, plus Ron, plus Fred and George. But yeah. then I realized we forgot about Percy. But I mean, Percy's, I don't know what's going on with Percy. He's got his own stuff going on, apparently. Is, yeah. Yeah, I'm interested to see what what that's about. I know he's not quite the middle child, but middle child syndrome. Yeah. Probably yeah. in there. True. Yeah. Plus, I don't think... I feel like Fred and George pick on him a lot. That's true. And then he's so prissy that Ron just is just like, no. Yeah. But yeah, we'll get to know them more. Did you have a favorite, Laura? Oh, yeah, I didn't answer that. Honestly, I'm just thinking overall. I think I I still, Ron might be my favorite Weasley, but I do appreciate what we get from Ginny. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to get to know Ginny more like I think going through the reread that I'm on right now forget yeah. how much I appreciate her so I'm excited to see that again Ooh, okay interesting little hints for you yeah I didn't think that she would actually contribute a lot but we shall see mm-hmm. uh did you have any questions Joni not really well we can choose a most valuable wizard 
Well, I kind of like want to give it to, I was initially going to say like Fred and George because they drove the car, but Arthur enchanted the car. So oh, I'm going to go with Arthur, even though I feel like, you know, mistakes were made. (laughs) His wife got mad, but I don't know. I feel like that was valuable to the um, saving of Harry from Dursley's. So that's Uh, what I'm going to go with. I'm going to give mine to Hagrid. And this is mainly for my section because it's the only section we see him. (laughs) But he gets Harry out of Nocturne Alley, away from the fingernail lady. Yeah. And he breaks up the fight. (laughs) Yeah, he does. I want to know what these fingernails are from. Pulling both of them away from each other. Yeah, just like two. His big, big Hagrid, like, just like. Does he do that in the movie? No. There's no okay. fight in the movie. Oh, there's no fight. Why wouldn't it. Why wouldn't they add the fight? I feel like that's such an important part. Oh, adults fighting. I guess they didn't want to add that. Oh, okay. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, well, that I makes made sense. that scene up in my head. <laughs> I was like, I don't think that Haggard was there. But what do oh, we God. think of uh, Draco's dad? What do you think of Draco's dad? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like picturing now that I know what Draco looks like. I'm just like picturing like an older Draco and just like smirking and being yes. so ugh. And you're just like, I don't like you. Get out of my face. <laughs> you know, do you, so you don't remember perfectly what, like put together. Do you know what he looks like in the movie? I don't I know. You know, okay. You've probably seen the actor. Do they cast him things? well? I think so. I love, yeah, yeah. I love him. And um, Tom Felton and Jason Isaacs, I believe that's his name. Yeah. They still like, I don't want to say hang out, but like they'll like tweet each other and be like, hey, dad, hey, son. It's interesting. Oh, that's cute. That's cute. But yeah, I just like first impression. Okay. This guy's like, you know, I I can already tell he's probably going to be trouble. Like, they've introduced him, and I don't think anything good's going to come out of it. I knew you were trouble. That's what I was thinking. They walked in. (laughs) I was going to do it, but I'm like, maybe I shouldn't. (laughs) Oh, that's perfect. Yes. Yes, exactly. Uh, Yeah. Okay, so we meet Arthur, and we re-meet Molly and Ginny, but, like, more. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we get to know them better. Yeah. We meet Lucius and then Gildory. I think we covered them all. I think so. Okay, most magical moments. Ooh. Mm. Okay, probably the the flying, flying like the getaway. I know not all getaway car. Yeah, they actually. (laughs) (laughs) We're just singing Taylor Swift. (laughs) But they did get far. (laughs) Yeah. So they technically didn't. The kids didn't use magic to to escape. Um, but the the flying car is, I think, is pretty magical, and the the feeling of Harry, Harry must have felt leaving and being like, "See you next summer, peace." Yeah. yeah. When I read that thought, I was like, "Why does he have to go back next summer? Just ask the Weezies to adopt you. I mean, <laughs> don't go back to yeah. that." That's a question I asked too. <laughs> I'd be like, "See you never." Most mm-hmm. magical moment for me was the car was very magical. But just to kind of give you guys a different answer, um, mm-hmm. I would also say the flu powder, even though that that led us to Nocturne Alley, <laughs> which I guess was a good thing. We met or we saw that whole encounter with what's yeah. the shop owner's name? I forgot. Borgen. 
Borgen. Borgen. Yeah. Um, and the Malfoys. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I but the whole like using flu powder to get you to Diagon Alley or to get you to those places, I thought that was pretty magical. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping they show that in the movie because I kind of want to see how they like do all that. Mine is, mine's basically just like Harry experiencing the burrow and mm-hmm. just experiencing family. Yeah, like the love that happens at the burrow, but also just like life as a wizard. Mm-hmm. Outside yeah. of Hogwarts. Yeah. Because let's just say the Dursleys were loving a home. Um, the Burrow is still a wizarding family. Yeah. With wizarding traditions or whatever. Yeah. And just seeing like how a, a wizarding household functions compared to a mm-hmm. muggle household and how they don't need half of the things that muggles need. Yeah. yeah. Which is cool. And when like Harry was like, what did he say exactly? This is the best place ever. Yeah. Yeah, this is the best house I've ever been in. Yeah. But it was so sweet, that whole that whole moment. But yeah, mm-hmm. that's definitely magical as well. Because like that one part where Harry's like, what surprised him the most about the house is that everyone seemed to like him. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like, yeah. wow. Yeah. All right. Anything else? I don't have the notes in front of me, so I'm just like... Oh, so before we get into social media, I wanted to introduce... The new, like, segment, I don't know if we're going to have it in every episode, but when it comes to us, we want to go ahead and have this. We'll try and get it for every episode of Chamber and see if we all, if, like, we like it and the listeners like doing it. Maybe we can continue it or just tweak it after. So something that we want to do to involve you guys a little bit more in the actual podcast part is actually highlight your favorite small businesses that involve harry potter obviously and just kind of highlight them and talk about them just so that you can learn about some new places where you can get some awesome merch um support small businesses which is always awesome and like you know talk to us tell us what your favorite shops are also probably not it doesn't have to just i think we could open it up to like popular book fandoms shops okay okay yeah but obviously harry potter is like the base ideal Yeah. yeah So, the first shop that we're actually going to talk about is from one of my best friends, Casey. She actually gave me a gift this week from the shop called Loquacious Literature. And the shop owner, Katie, is really awesome. She actually makes what she calls, like, fanzines. So, they're, like, little magazine-like. They're just, like, mini comic book books, I guess. <laughs> Um, and they have like comics that she has drawn out that have little scenes from all of the books that we either didn't get in the movies or just got really changed up in the movies. And she drew them out according to the books. And it's really cool. Uh, I actually found her shop through TikTok and I sent Casey a TikTok of the her advertising her fanzines and Casey actually ended up buying it for me. For, um, I think it was like a late Christmas gift or something. But Katie was really awesome. She like had lots of little notes and a lot of little extra goodies. She sent like a set, like the thing that Casey bought me. Like she sent that, but then she also sent a bunch of extra goodies for Casey because it was a gift, which I thought was really nice. A lot of it's handwritten. A lot of, all of her notes are handwritten and it's just like a lot of little touches and 
when this episode comes out, I think I'll probably try and do a story to show all of the stuff that I Ooh, got. That's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Um, It'd be neat to, to show it off and see it. But from what we could see, I think it looks really cool. Yeah. yeah it's really and awesome. The, the fanzine's called what? Like They are called Obliviate, and they're forgotten scenes from Harry Potter is mm-hmm. what. That's so cool. What a, what a neat idea. How creative. Yeah. yeah. And they're so cute. And yeah, so I'll have a story up where I'll kind of go through all of them and you can see that. But mm-hmm. that is our first little shop. It's called, again, Loquacious Literature. Loquacious Literature. Okay. On Etsy? Yeah. And I believe on Instagram and stuff, I don't have that card because I gave that card to another one of my friends because she really wanted to, to look at the shop. Um, but That's I'll fine. pull that up um, Yeah, on the Instagram yeah. and stuff. I'll probably We can tag her. her. Yeah. yeah. And awesome. if you are a shop owner or an artist, you can definitely submit your own shop. Yeah. Yes, please. We would so we love that. That out. would be really neat to uh, hear from like a listener and check out, you know, what you guys do. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, do you remember your that wrap this episode? <laughs> I was like, well, um, yeah, I could I could wing it. <laughs> Okay, guys, that brings us to the end of this episode. We would like to thank you for listening. And if you haven't already, please leave a review on whatever platform you listen on. That would really help us a lot. And don't forget to follow our socials. We are at Unveiling the Magic on Instagram and Facebook. And you can find us on Twitter at Unveiling Magic. So check us out on there. Give us a follow. That's kind of where we stay connected to, with you guys throughout the week. Uh, we just did our first giveaway on there and we like to post on there. I posted some of my um, uh, my visit to Universal and Islands of Adventure yeah. yesterday. So that's kind of where you guys can check all that stuff out too. So make sure you give us a follow. Oh, yeah. yeah. Maybe I should make like a, a highlight yeah. for some of oh. our, face, our stories. Yeah, that's a good idea. But yeah, so I guess that uh, brings us to the end. And until next time, mischief manage. Bye. 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 Thank you. Thanks for listening. Wait, what just happened? My computer crash. Hello? Michael Buble? You don't even like Michael Buble. I I only thought of it because bubbles. Buble. Bubles? <sighs> Take two. <laughs> that sigh. You know, it's just sad. <laughs> wait, so no one cares? Ab- wait, what were you going to say about no, Ron and the Weasley? I wasn't supposed to, I wasn't supposed to say no one cares. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> okay. okay. I was like, what does no one care about? Joni, he just texted me on there because he doesn't realize that I saw the messages and he's panicking. <laughs> what is happening? That's why it looks like I just had a conversation with myself in the Discord. <laughs> I'm. You continue. I'm going to go tell dad that okay, I can't. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> I can mute whatever happens okay. on your end. I'm sorry. Just don't disappear. Struggle bus. I know. Today's interesting. Episode two. <laughs> Howie. Hello? Yeah. I can hear you. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I got I got a message the second you started saying that and then it just kind of didn't Stop catch up. Getting messages, Kurt. Okay, are we ready? So they made it to the third landing where a door 
they made it to the third landing where a door stood ajar and Harry <laughs> caught a sight of a pair. Okay. We're going to do, we're going to do fine, guys. We're going to do fine. It'll be fine. Oh, hold on. I meant to be more excited about that. My party is over, thank the Lord. <laughs> oh, goodness. Dizzy and bruised, Harry pulls himself. Nope. Already. <laughs> Took Joni three words. Here we go again. 